I think we're all very familiar with that famous story of the Good Samaritan that Arthur read for us just a few moments ago. We've talked about that so often, and there are so many great lessons for us to learn from this parable of the Good Samaritan. And we often focus on the Samaritan himself, and that is certainly appropriate because he sets such a worthy example of how we ought to unselfishly serve others. And so we learn from the Good Samaritan. But in that parable also, we emphasize the negative example of the priest and the Levite. How they looked the other way. How they went on without providing any of the needed assistance that the beaten man needed as he lay near death at the side of the road. What do you think of the priest and the Levite? Just a question. What's your opinion of them? Do you think that they were just honestly and deeply, horribly bad people? I don't know. Maybe they were. Maybe they were just really bad guys. But do you think that, that there also might be the possibility in a scenario like that? Obviously, Jesus was teaching a parable here, and so uh, he, he wasn't trying to make a point out of every detail, I'm sure. But don't you think that in a scenario like the one that Jesus described when he told the, the story of the Good Samaritan, don't you think the possibility that these were not just desperately bad guys, but they were just guys like lots of people are, just didn't want to get involved, just look the other direction, ignore the problem, maybe it'll go away. We even have an expression that we use sometimes, sweep it under the rug, you know. And that's just an expression that we use to denote the idea we, we don't want to deal with it. We want to just let it go away on its own. I think maybe the priest and the Levite, in a story like that, could have been that kind of guy. They might have been really bad people, but they might have just been like we are sometimes when we don't want to address problems that exist in our lives. But I want to tell you something, and I know that you know this already. The reality is that when I have an issue in my life, the fact of the matter is, it's not going to get any better until I make it better. And that's what we want to talk about in our lesson uh, this evening. The fact that we can't just look the other way. We can't sweep it under the rug. We just can't hope that time will take care of it on its own. So very often, it's necessary for us to take the bull by the horns, so to speak, and actually make something happen positive. Typically, things don't get better until I apply myself to make things better. So we're going to deal with that concept for just a few minutes in our lesson tonight. We stop here to thank you for your presence. We're glad that you're here. We appreciate the visitors that we have. We're glad that you've come our way. It uh, gets so dark so early uh, this time of the year and it almost seems like it's very late at night when we get here and it's dark, but of course it's early evening. We're glad that you've invested a part of your evening to come tonight and join together in this period of Bible study and worship. Thanks for being here with a special welcome to our visitors. I don't know what we're doing here. There we go. All right. So let's make it, let's make this point. Things will not get better until I make it better. And that is true when there are issues that exist in my personal life. In my personal life, things won't get better until I make them better. All of us struggle with temptation and sin in our lives. And it may be that the thing that particularly tempts me or troubles me or the issue that I battle with in my personal life is completely different than yours. 
Maybe the thing that I have trouble with, you've got it completely under control in your life. And then likely it's vice versa as well. Maybe the thing that you're suffering with is not a temptation to me at all, but I really believe that all of us have areas of weakness, things that we struggle with, things that we, that we really need to get better. And, and I suppose all of us would say, you know, I really want this to be better in my life, and I hope this will pass. I want, it, I want to get rid of this problem. But the fact of the matter is, until I make a firm decision and a definite determination to do better, it will not get better. It will only get better when I make it better. In Hebrews chapter 12 at verse 11, the Hebrew writer says, let us lay aside the uh, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The weight, every weight, lay it aside. The sin that easily besets us. What is that sin? What is that sin in your life? You know, we would like to think that people don't struggle with alcohol so much, especially among God's people. There's not this great struggle with drinking alcohol, but the, the fact of the matter is that it, that it is. And some of even God's children have been deceived by wine. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 1 says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and he who is deceived thereby is not wise. There are people who struggle with that. You might not struggle with it, but somebody struggles with it. There are Christians who struggle with it. How's it going to get better? Well, you've got to lay that aside. Lay aside that weight and the sin which does so easily beset you. You've got to make a determination to do better. Isn't that what we would tell the fellow who is battling with alcohol? Don't play with it. Don't toy with it. Don't, don't dabble in it. Get rid of that completely out of your life. Make it better. Make a determination, a strong, positive determination that you will do better. But probably, for most of us, it is not something like alcohol. It may be something like gossip or lying. In Ephesians chapter 4, at verse 25, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. If my problem is that I just have trouble being honest, or maybe my problem is that I talk too much and I gossip about people, if that's the trouble I'm dealing with, if, if, if that is this weight which does so easily beset me, then the answer to that is, I just got to make a strong determination. I'm going to always tell the truth. I'm going to stop talking about people behind their backs. I'm going to stop gossiping. I've got to make that determination until I do. That problem in my life is never going to get any better. Maybe it's uncontrolled anger. A lot of people have trouble with that. They just, they just get mad at the drop of a hat. They get angry. They, they say hateful and unnecessarily mean things to people in their anger. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Maybe that's what I need to do. I just got to get a, get, get a hold of that problem. I've got to make that better. I can do that. I understand the principle. i just got to make application of that. Maybe it's that I'm of an impure mind. Maybe my problem is lasciviousness. That's a Bible word that we don't use much in normal conversation. But the idea of an impure mind is a real problem in the world today, and it's a problem among many of God's people because Satan has so many new avenues whereby he can put before us all kinds of impure, wicked, evil, nasty things for us to look at. The Internet is a huge problem for lots of people and lots of God's people. 
are taken in by sin and observing things on the Internet that they should not. And we have got to remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I want to see God. And if I'm going to see God, I've got to be pure in heart. I've got to get a hold of that thing. And if I can't control that Internet in my home, I need to get rid of it in my home. If I can't control that TV in my home, I need to disconnect that cable from my TV in my home. I've got to be pure of heart. I want to see God. If that's my problem, it's not going to get better. Time is not going to make it go away on its own. It is not going to get better until I take direct, determined effort to make it better in my life. Maybe I'm neglectful of God's work. Uh, I know I should be working harder. Things I ought to be doing that I'm not getting done. That's not going to get better until I determine. And remember the kind of words that Jesus spoke in John chapter 9, verse 4. I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. i got to remember that. Or maybe it's just that I don't attend the assemblies as faithfully as I should. I allow things to come between me and being at church services. Maybe I don't make it back as often as I should on Sunday night. Maybe I'm missing Wednesday night. Maybe I, I just am neglectful in attendance. Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. If that's my problem, the only way that that's going to get better is if I take determined action to make it better. We could expand the list, and I'm sure you know that. What is the problem in your personal life that that just keeps hounding you? I want to tell you, it only gets better when you make up your mind to make it better. And remember this, in Revelation chapter 20 at verse 12, the Apostle John describes the judgment scene that, that was presented before him. He said, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. I'll tell you something, if I don't get a hold of this problem in my personal life, and if I don't make it better with, with concerted effort on my part, if I don't make it better, it's still going to be there in the book. And I'm going to see it again in the judgment day if I haven't made effort to make it better. Do you see that? And so, in things that involve my personal life, You can't sweep it under the rug, you can't ignore it, you can't look the other direction, you can't hope it will just go away on its own. It's only going to get better when I make it better. And I can offer every kind of an excuse. You know, we are pretty expert people at making excuses. Excuses don't make it better. I can blame other people for my failures, but that doesn't make it better. It only gets better when I make it better. And so... Uh, That's the principle, I think, that we see spelled out in the Scriptures. We see it, just common sense dictates this to us. Now, I I don't want to be neglectful of saying God will help us as we strive to do His will. Paul said in Philippians 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And, And so, God will help us as we strive to make it better. God will help us. But we've got to have that determined effort on our part. Things won't get better until I take steps to make it better. I want to suggest to you that things in my family life won't get any better until I make it better also. Families need help. Families are in big trouble. Marriages are breaking up. And even among marriages that don't break up, there are a lot of husbands and wives who are desperately unhappy. What are we going to do 
when there's problems in my family life, well, I'm going to tell you, it's not going to get better until I help to make it better. I can ignore it and just hope that with time, time will heal all wounds, they say, and maybe with time this will go away. Well, I might approach it that way, but a much better approach is, of course, the idea of doing something positive to make it better. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 18, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as, unto, as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about these various family relationships here. I just simply want to observe that children need to be loved, taught, and disciplined. Wives need to be cherished, nourished, and lovingly led. Husbands need to be loved, respected, and obeyed. And in all of those things, wherever there's a failure in my family, I can be an agent to help make it better. Things will only get better when I do what I can to make it better. If I'm just going to ignore the problem, it will not go away. I've got to take measures to make it better. All right, so, and again, I will say this again. God will help. When we strive to do God's will in our lives, there's a a positive promise of God's help in blessing us to do what is right. But when it comes to my personal life or my family life, it's only going to get better when I take steps to make it better. I want to really put our emphasis on this last point, the last point, but one I want to emphasize a little more thoroughly, is things will not get any better with the church until I make them better. Let me ask you a very simple but direct question. Are you disappointed with something about the local church? Are you disappointed with something about this local church? You're a member of this church. Is there something here that you think is not all that it ought to be, that you'd like to see different than it is? Well, my guess is the answer to that is probably yes, because we're certainly not perfect people, right? And there's always room for improvement. And so if you have some disappointment or some dissatisfaction with some particular thing about the local congregation, then that's not really terribly unusual. That's That's not a... Uh, earth-shaking revelation. The question is, who's going to make that any better? Whatever it is that you may be particularly discouraged about in the local church, how's that going to get better and who's going to make it better? Why could it not be me? Why couldn't I be the agent to turn that thing around? Why couldn't you be? If we're discouraged about things in the local church, I want to make the same point again. Things don't get better until I contribute all I can to help make it better. Let me suggest some particulars. Is it your opinion that the church is not evangelistic enough? That we're not out there teaching lost people like we should, and we're not seeing converts. Uh, you know, The numbers of converts are not where we want them to be. You feel that way? Well, that, that's, very, that's a very reasonable thing to think. Could we do better? Yes, we could do better, But what am I going to do about that? Am I just going to complain? Or am I going to take some steps on my part to improve that situation? We know the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, 
teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. That applies to me. That applies to you. And if we're not getting that job done, what, what can be done about it? Well, I can work harder. You can work harder. Things get better when we take steps to make it better. How would we do that? How, how, what are some of the simple steps we could take to be more evangelistic? In Mark chapter 5, there's an interesting episode there where Jesus cast uh, uh, the, the demons out of a, of a man. You, know, you, you may remember that he had been in the tombs and he'd been running around naked. They tried to bind him with chains. They couldn't bind him, but Jesus cast the demon out. And, and the man wanted to follow Jesus. Jesus didn't let him go with him directly, but he told, and this is what Jesus said to the man who had been cured of the, of the demon possession. He said, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. Notice that expression. Tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee. I'll tell you something. The Lord has done great things for me, too. The Lord has done great things for you. Can you just go? Go to your friends? Can you just go home? Go to your friends and tell them the great things that the Lord has done for you? That's pretty simple, isn't it? We could do that. No telling how much good would be accomplished if we just spoke to our people at home and to our friends and told them all the good things the Lord has done for us. In Revelation 22, verse 17, it says, The Spirit and bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Notice this word, come. Who's the bride? By the way, the bride is the body of Christ, right? The, the bride is the church. What's the job of the church? Just to say, come. Just say, come. Can you just say, come? I can do that. That would make things better. The idea here is just of a simple invitation. Just come. Come and see. Come and observe. I can invite people. So, my point in, in all of this is, if I'm disappointed in the local church because I feel like it's not as evangelistic as it ought to be, what am I going to do about that? The fact of the matter is, we are not as evangelistic as we could be. We can do better, can't we? But it only gets better when I take steps on my own part to make it better. If I did that, and you did that, it would be better, and we can. Are you concerned, changing to another topic, are you concerned in the local congregation that maybe some are not being faithful to the Lord? Are you concerned maybe that there are some of our members who are slipping away, who, who, are, who are not maintaining faithfulness to the Lord? Well, I'll tell you, that happens. Sadly, it happens way more often than we want that to happen. But what am I going to do? Am I just going to complain about that? Or am I going to address the problem? In Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in the fall, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. My brother is overtaken in the fall. I should go to him, restore him in the spirit of meekness. I can do that. I can do that, right? And so, can't, can't it be me that reaches out to this brother who's struggling? Can't that be you who reaches out to that brother who is struggling? Can you help? Can you help to make it better? Yeah, we can all do that. Instead of just sitting back and shaking our heads and, 
and kind of mumbling under our breath or complaining to others. I could reach out to that brother who's struggling spiritually. I could help to make it better. James chapter 5, verse 19 says, Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. I can help hide his sins. I can help turn him back to the Lord. I can help make that situation better. I can do that. You can do that. And things get better when we all take upon ourselves our personal responsibility in such matters. Let me ask you another question. Are you upset because you think the church is not as friendly as it ought to be? Maybe the complaint is, I just don't see hospitality being shared among the members like it ought to be. You ever heard those kind of complaints? Or maybe have you felt that way yourself? Well, possibly, possibly so. But if that's the case, how about stepping up to help that situation? If you don't think the church is as friendly as it ought to be, if you think more hospitality ought to be shared among the members, we can always do better in that, for sure. Well, how about that being you who takes that step or makes that uh, endeavor? First Peter 4, verse 9, use hospitality one to another without grudging. In Romans 12, verse 13, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Uh, what about stepping up? Why wouldn't these kind of instructions apply to you? If you think there's a problem there, could you help make it better? Remember the very simple statement of Proverbs 18, verse 24, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. Ah, church is so unfriendly, someone said. Well, could we be friendlier? Sure, we could be friendlier. You know where that starts? That starts with me. That starts with you. I think we have a friendly church, by the way. I'm not, uh, uh, in, in all of these things, I'm just offering suggestions on areas where people might be concerned that we're not all that we ought to be. And the fact of the matter is we are not all that we ought to be in any of these areas. And that we can always do better. But I want to tell you, it only gets better when each of us as members of this local body make it our determination to do better. Are you concerned that maybe there's some hard feelings, some strife, some contention, some arguments, you're concerned maybe that, you know, there's sort of an undercurrent of griping or complaining. I don't think that's the case, by the way. But maybe you feel that it is. You feel that there's sort of strife or contention in the local body. Well, what are you going to do about that? Well, how about me or you being an agent to apply the principles set forth so clearly in Ephesians 4, verse 31, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you, with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. I can start being kind to my brothers. I can start being tender-hearted. I can be forgiving. I can start that. I can, I can take that step, right? You can take What are you waiting on? You waiting on somebody else to tell you to do so? Well, it's, it, you don't have to wait. We're already told so, right? Right here's our command. Does someone have to tap you on the shoulder and say, you know, you could, you could be an agent to make relationships within the body of Christ better than they are. You need somebody to tell you that? Well, we've already been told. And these relationships in the body of Christ get better when I take steps to make it better. When I put away bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking, and when I start being kind and tender-hearted and forgiving, then the situation gets better. You see what we're saying? Well, again, 
you can expand this list, I'm sure, to include lots of other things. But the principle is a very simple one. If you want things to be better, then you can make them better. But you have to make the determined effort to do so. I want to suggest one last verse to you from the pen of the Apostle Paul. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10, he says, By the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I but the grace of God which was with me. Notice Paul said here that he labored more abundantly than they all. Paul said, I was just determined. I was going to do everything in my power. That's the determination that we need to have with the understanding that things don't get better unless I help make them better. And so, in all these things, again, I want to stress to you, I think in all of these areas, God will bless us, and He does bless us when we do what we can. But we've got to do what we can. If it's my personal life, where the issues exist, if it's my family life where issues exist, if it's in our relationships in the local congregation where the problem exists, it can get better. And in all of those areas, of course, we can always improve, right? And it gets better. And God blesses me when I do what I can to help make it better. Thanks for your good attention to what we've had to say and hope it's helpful. That we just, uh, again, back to some of those expressions, take the bull by the horns. Stop sweeping things under the rug. Stop ignoring it and hope it goes away or time will heal all wounds. Those are, those are all expressions that are not, not very fitting. What we need to do is do what we can. And, and God's Word encourages us to do that. Thanks for your good attention to what we've had to say. We're going to sing a song of invitation. As we sing this, we'll be encouraging people to obey the gospel of Christ if you're not yet a Christian, but you understand that simple gospel plan of salvation. We hope you'll obey it. We'd be glad to assist you. If you're a Christian in need of the prayers of the saints, let us know. Always stand and sing this song.